When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Linz, what do you got? So, guys, a stretch of the 5 Freeway in Orange County has officially been dedicated to legendary Dodgers manager Tommy Lasorda. The Tommy Lasorda Memorial Highway passes through Fullerton between Lincoln Avenue and Ball Road, a city that has long been acknowledged as the second hometown to the late Hall of Famer. Even though he was born in Pennsylvania, Lasorda lived in Fullerton and was considered a hometown hero there. The recognition ceremony was held on opening day for the West Fullerton Little League on Saturday. And I wonder if he did uh, if anyone did the uh, Little League pledge when they were there, Cappy. I trust in God. I love my country, all that kind of stuff. I asked yep. George, George, you didn't yep. do the Little League pledge this weekend, did you? No, they didn't ask to do the Little League pleg- pledge, although no more Garcia Parra was there. Well, that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's what you need to know. Now there's a Tommy Lasorda Memorial Highway. That's awesome. Love yeah. Tommy. Yeah. R.I.P. Can't that- believe they didn't do the Little League pledge at your Little League. I trust in God. I love my country, and I will respect its laws. I will play fair and strive to win, but win or lose, I will always do my best. I can't- Come on, really? They're going to do it before every game, George. Got to know it. One team line up on the first baseline, one team line up on the third baseline, one of the managers will come out and recite or or one of the kids will have the honor of reciting the little league pledge it's gonna happen you gotta know it yeah i don't think so I, honestly it just was not a thing i you think, think they've given up on the pledge yeah I, I think they just play ball you think since 2013 which was my last year of little league yeah i don't mean my personally but my sons yes you think they've given up on the little league pledge since um yeah it sounds like it might be i mean maybe they are doing it in some places but i don't i don't think that's a like I don't think there it's like a rule that you have to do it everywhere before every oh. game. Mm. Yeah. It's too bad. Yeah. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. That's the 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right, Cappy, real quick. Mm. I want to get into a lot of different things with you. I want to talk about um, AD obviously having a big uh, moment this weekend, playing great over the last couple of games without LeBron. Uh, I want to get into another piece of commentary about Darvin Ham. We'll get into the Clippers last night. Now, the Clippers played Memphis yesterday without John Morant, and mm-hmm. we all know now why John Morant is not playing. Mm-hmm. And the Grizzlies have talked about not having a timetable for John Morant. Taylor Jenkins, their head coach, spoke to the media yesterday. And I talked about this a little bit with John and Ramona during crosstalk about you know an hour and change ago. Mm-hmm. But basically, if I had to guess... Okay, with the investigation going on, and I know Ramona Ramona did some reporting on this earlier today, that this is this is not going to be just two games for John Morant. I would imagine that it will become kind of an indefinite thing, and then until they figure out what actually transpired, what legalities um, were infringed, if they were, and then the NBA will will make a decision at that point. But as far as what transpired, I mean, we all saw what transpired. No, I understand that. Now, he broke the code of conduct, all that. But they're trying to find out if they – because there are actual rules in place in the collective bargaining agreement about firearms. Mm -hmm. Uh, They can't be in the facility. They can't be on the team plane. And they need to know if that weapon was indeed there or if it was – traveled to him by someone else it could have absolutely been like someone else in his traveling party that travels separately could have brought that gun to him as well like that i think that part of the stuff uh, the equation needs to be figured out yeah but i think the other part of it is this george it's like i know what you're saying like the the league wants to investigate and they want to know where it came from did he travel with it those are all things that are I, I suppose they're, they're important details. Well, they're important because if he did travel with it on a team plane or had it in a facility, he's going to get suspended for 50 games. Yeah, That's like but, a pretty but, big deal. But let's just assume for one moment, just for the sake of this conversation, that he's out late at night. He's a 23-year-old child. I just want to say that right now. 
people think, you know, 23, you're a grown man. No, not really. You're a child. You're still a little baby. You know, and I, by the way, probably didn't think that when I was 23. But now that I'm a little older than 23, I realize that 23 is a little baby. You're just a little kid. It's Yeah, you're famous. And yeah, you've made a lot of money. And yeah, you're a big basketball star. But you are a little child, you know. And not only are you a little child just based on your age alone, you're a little child because everybody's been kissing your butt since you're about 10 or 11 years old. Ooh, he's a really good player, that guy. So they just kiss your ass the entire time. But, you know, George, when you go to a school like where John Morant went to school, he went to Murray State. You know, at Duke, they, they and I'm or UCLA, I'll use their local example. You know, they, they work with these guys about how to deal with media, about how to deal with your hanger-ons or hangers-on. Um, you know, it, big schools give you different kinds of educations. And I'm not, I'm not knocking Murray State, and I don't really know that what I'm saying is 100% factual. I'm just saying that he went to a smaller school. He was 19 or so when he got into the NBA. So he's kind of growing up in this environment. And there probably isn't anybody around him, whether it's his teammates or uh, team executives or certainly not even his father, you know, because his dad seems to really love all the notoriety that comes with being John Morant's dad. Um, to me, this is like the, the, the issue is, hey, dude, you're a 23-year-old kid. You're a superstar. There's hundreds of millions of dollars riding on you, organizationally, league-wide, and for your family. Bro, wh- what are you What are you doing? Like, what, what are you, hard? Are you a badass? Are you a gangster? Really, are you? Because he's not, right? He, he doesn't come from, like, from what I've read, he doesn't come from this hard environment where he grew up on the streets and bullets were whizzing by his head and there were drug dealers all over his neighborhood. Seemed to grow up in a relatively decent neighborhood. Mom and dad were together, went to a good school. I mean, he had advantages. Am I wrong on that? You may know him better than I do. Um, I would say he, I, you know, I, I don't know the exact details of his upbringing, but he grew up in a blue collar neighborhood is what I would call it. Okay. To my yeah. knowledge. Okay. Mom and dad together. Yeah. Decent school. Uh, he went to a public school and then was either recruited, I guess, to this private school in South Carolina or whatever, um, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. All, right. all, all I'm saying is this. That when you are a 23-year-old basketball superstar, sometimes you might get drunken into believing that you're like above the law for some reason. And if he's not smart enough, because he's still a little baby, to know that A, having a gun could lead to trouble, and B, flashing a gun on social media, what did he think was going to happen? Okay, let, let me let me kind of address some of what you've said. Um, while I do think 23 is young, um, I'm not going as far as to say he's a, a baby. Like, I'm not going that far. Um, so I, I would even pull it back even further and be like, you're old enough to know that what he did, he shouldn't do. Okay. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Um, so I, I, that's that, that just one minor, I guess, disagreement uh, in, in that regard. Um, here's what I would say, okay? Tell me. I would say that... The money aside, Mm -hmm. I think that for his own Mm well-being, right, I think that, and I mean that from a mental perspective at the moment, okay, I think that he needs to, at least for now, right, all we have is a statement at this point, but for now, he has put out a statement that says, hey, I screwed up. I'm going to take responsibility for this. I need some time to figure it out. I'll get back to you guys, basically. Like, you know, in a nutshell, basically, that's what was said in the statement. But I would also say this. I would also say that ultimately, when you look at this situation, I think that every single one of us, and this is where I think you were going earlier, at 23 years old, Probably has made some really stupid decisions, right? Fair to say? Like, just really it, just not smart decisions, right? Because you're 
because you're like not really a grown up yet. Like 18 is considered a legal adult, but you got a lot of growing to do at 23 years old. Yeah, a hundred percent. A hundred. I, I yes, you are not a mature adult at that point. You are more. Um, you are you are certainly immature at that age. There's no question about it. But what happens is, and we've seen this. Forget about sports for a second, right? Just use the entertainment industry as an example. There's a lot of cautionary tales in both sports and the entertainment industry about young people getting too much too fast, right? And now, I this is not me condoning the behavior. What he did, we all are in 100% agreement what he did was not smart, okay? And according to his statement, he agrees with that. But what I would also say is in today, in 2023, okay, when there's all this attention, when there's all this stuff being thrown at you, in a way that I don't think the human brain is capable of processing at the speed it's coming at you, I think that 23-year-olds today are not living the same life you and I lived in a lot of ways. Even the 23-year-olds that had fame and fortune with them, too. Because I just think there's more that comes with it in today's day and age. But that also, now I'm going to flip to the other side where I was talking about his mental. Now I'm going to talk about you don't want to invite trouble. Because all it takes is one person to see that Instagram post and be like, oh, are you about that life? Well, let's see. And then that could be a situation where obviously then people are in harm's way, you know, and and you don't want to see that either. So when I was talking to John and Ramona earlier, I said that from a a glass half full scenario, Mm -hmm. I think that the fact that he was at whatever, wherever he was at, whatever club he was at, and yes, brandishing the weapon, not smart, as he's uh, already admitted to, and we all can totally see ourselves. Um, the fact that there were there wasn't an incident with said pistol is already like a win, in, in my opinion. Like, yeah, if you're him, you mm-hmm. need to look at that situation and say, hey man, there's already a history of an NBA player. Now, he wasn't you, right? Like, he's not... This mega superstar that you are, that has a shoe deal, um, that's on you know TV commercials, that is this charismatic figure, one of the faces of the league. But I would say Jason Williams at the time in the '90s was you know it was a it was a very well known NBA player. Yep, he was a big personality, so people knew him besides just his basketball. Correct, that's right. Mm-hmm. And had an incident with a gun. That's right. Where it went off accidentally. Mm-hmm. I'm not even saying that he's going to actually shoot the gun. Okay, but it can go off and someone passed away in that scenario with Jason Williams. Well, I mean, also think about another example. Think about football. Remember when Plaxico Burris was in a nightclub? Correct. And and shot himself. He shot himself like Cheddar Bob shot himself in the leg. Eight mile reference for everybody. You're welcome. Mm. And so my thing is this is that the timing, Cappy. That was pretty damn good. Actually, the the reality is this is that. That situation could have been way worse. Yep. So what I and listen, I don't know John Morant other than occasionally interviewing him on a sideline. Okay. Mm-hmm. But in the times I have interviewed him, seems like a really nice, respectful young man. In the conversations I've had with him, his dad seems to be a, a, a guy who cares a lot about his son. Okay. And I think that this is a moment. For the Morant family, okay, his father, you know, whoever's involved in his in his family circle, um, perhaps whoever is just outside that circle, but also close to the family, right? And the Grizzlies to kind of just look at this situation and be like, how does this never happen again? Because it's not worth it on a number of fronts, okay, personally, professionally, etc. Because he has so much to give to this to this game and this life because of the platform that he has, the ability to be a mega star at 23 years old, that he needs to understand the the that he ha- the world is his oyster basically, okay, and honestly for his community as well, 
And I mean that for the community in Memphis. I mean that for the, you know, for the African American community. I mean that for all minorities. I mean that for everyone in general, because gun violence is a huge topic in this country. Dude. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, we haven't gotten there yet. Right. That's, that's kind of the other part of all of this. Right. It's a huge topic in this country for obvious reasons. So again, just be glad that nothing transpired in that place, okay? And I know there's other stories that the Washington Post reported about him whipping out his gun in another scenario. But again, thankfully in that scenario, when nothing, you know, nobody was injured, none of that. Because then if that happens, again, like we saw with Jason Williams, you know, history is is a great teacher. Life changes very quickly. So it, it's just, and I'm not saying he can't, Listen, he has every right to own a gun. But when you work for a private entity like the NBA, there are rules in place about your firearm. Yeah. Um, and I think, and there are laws in each state. They're all different, et cetera. But I'm just going to go by the employer right now. And I think he has, to, he has to use this situation where, thankfully, nothing but an Instagram post happened and learn from that scenario where he can use this as an example to teach the next group of young players hey don't make this mistake that i made yep well listen i know we're up against the break i'd like to give you a final thought on this on the other side though sure because it really was a very ultimately it was a very dumb thing to do by a young child my opinion okay uh all right let's do that coming up plus i want to get into the clippers uh who played them yesterday and uh and more on ad's incredible performance yesterday we'll get to that next Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Great movie. Oh, the Gypsy Kings. What a movie. Does everybody here know The Big Lebowski pretty well? Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time, but... But, I mean, you know certain lines, you know the whole... You know the storyline, you know... Yes, I know the plot, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's a great movie. It is. So I'm getting a lot of uh, getting a lot of response here on Twitter from the circle of trust about this John Morant conversation that we're having. Make no mistake what I'm saying here. When I say 23 as a child, and not everybody agrees with that, but here's my perspective. I have a 22-year-old son. I look at him and I go, he's still a child. Now, he's growing up. He's making decisions in his life. He's going to school. He's, 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 I'm impressed with the growing that he's doing. He's still a child, you know, and I know everybody doesn't buy that. And they're no 18 years old. That's an adult. Okay, fine. Well, when you have a 22 year old kid or a 23 year old kid, you'll let me know how you feel about it then. But George, I'm not excusing what John Morant did because I'm saying that he's a child at 23 years old and a star like he is. You should know what's right and what's wrong. And even if you're out drinking and partying all night, you should know that holding a gun on an Instagram video, when you're as famous as he is, you're in big trouble. Really big trouble. Now, we haven't even gone into, and we don't have to get this deep into it, gun violence in America, et cetera, et cetera. But when you watch video games that are violent or listen to music that glorifies violence, and all of a sudden you think that's cool, bro, that's not cool. Ask Snoop Dogg. Ask Snoop which life he'd rather have. The gangster life that he grew up with? Or the Martha Stewart life that he's living now. You feel me? Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't want to go down the music path because I don't feel like the music really has anything to do with any of this stuff. To be honest with you, so. Well, whether it does or it doesn't, all I'm saying is, is that 
whether it's music, whether it's movies, whether it's video games, whether it's any form of media that glorifies violence and guns, why a young man thinks that it's okay for him, as famous as he is, to be doing what he was doing? Did he not, look? Did he not think there were going to be consequences, or was he just drinking? I don't know what he was thinking, to be honest with you. You know, like I, why. I, I, you know, and I guess we'll find out when he when he speaks eventually. Yeah, it's just too bad because he's a big star. He's a great player. He's fun to watch. Um, on the other hand, I'm kind of glad he's not playing tomorrow night against the Lakers. Right. He is not playing tomorrow night against the Lakers. So the Lakers do um, avoid having to play the Grizzlies with their without, or they play them without their best player. Uh, they should have, I believe, Dylan Brooks back. Um, and there should be, for the most part, the rest of the roster could be in place. I'd have to look at their, I guess, their latest injury report or whatever. But uh, that that would be fortuitous for the Lakers. Because yep. let's face it, the Lakers after that are looking at a schedule with a lot of other teams that are also still trying to climb the ladder uh, in their respective conferences or whatever, regardless of whether they're East or a Western team. Yep. I mean, this schedule, let's see, I'm trying to think of how many games there are left, about 17 games remaining. And you'll take any break you can get. I mean, if a guy is injured and he can't play, oh, well, tough for you guys. If a guy is suspended, oh, well, too bad for you. But, uh, you know, if I'm the Lakers, I'm worried about us. I'm not worried about them. And if we catch a break because a young kid did something that wasn't very smart and has to serve a suspension as a result, well, all the more reasons to say that the Lakers, you talk about must-wins, they, they have to win this game tomorrow night. You, you cannot lose this game at home to Memphis when they don't have their best player. Got to finish it off. Got to win the game. And based on the way they played yesterday, I'm going to think they're going to be able to do that. I mean, but also Memphis is probably not thrilled that they blew the game against the Clippers that they blew. When you score 51 points in a quarter, I mean, that is just spectacular. They couldn't miss yesterday. They were 10 of 13 from three in the third quarter. I thought at the end of the third, I'm like, wow. Clippers are getting worked. And they came back, showed a lot of heart. Got to give them credit. They, re- You know, listen, if you're a Laker fan and you hate the Clippers or if you watched the game yesterday because you hate watch, by the way, if you're a Laker fan and you hate watch the Clippers, don't you now understand why I love watching the Chargers? I love to watch the Chargers because I hate them. I hate watch. I love to hate watch. It's fun. I've been trying to explain this to everybody. Not that hard to understand, really. What do you like about it? I love seeing them lose. I love seeing them blow a huge lead. You're like anti-Clippers? Oh, no, no. I, I'm anti-Charger. Oh. But I, I definitely thought the Clippers were getting worked yesterday. I was surprised they made oh, that. Oh, I thought you were equating the, I thought you were making the, like, the correlation that they've, they're like the Chargers to you. Well, I'm saying they are like the Chargers to Laker fans. If you watch yes. that game, yeah. you watch it because you're hate-watching the Clippers. Mm-hmm. That's why I like to watch the Chargers. I like to. I love to hate watch. Isn't that weird? When you love to hate, it is strange. I I don't care to do that kind of stuff. Like I just I don't. If I don't like something, I just don't listen or watch. Yeah. See, I love to that hate part. watch. I love to hate watch the Chargers. Yeah, I don't like. You know, like I, I'll give you an example, right? Like I can and I can I can I feel like I can compartmentalize the art from the artist, right? Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Go ahead. I. Let's use a radio example, okay? Um, Rush Limbaugh. Mm -hmm. Excellent radio host. R.I.P. Not my kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Not my kind of rhetoric. Mm -hmm. Not my kind of talk show. Mm -hmm. You know what I didn't do? You know what I did do is not listen to Rush Limbaugh. Nor did I. But I could tell you that, you know, he clearly was a great radio host. Like, there's no denying that part of it. Dude, I met Rush Limbaugh one night. There was a Monday night football game. I was doing the sidelines on Westwood One. It was the Steelers and the Ravens in Pittsburgh. And it was, George, when I tell you freezing outside, it was brutal. So um, I go in to, uh, to the Steelers' you know, team offices in their stadium, and I'm there in their lobby just trying to protect myself from the cold for whatever reason. I don't remember if it was pregame or halftime or whatever. And there's Rush Limbaugh and his wife. So I walk up to him because they're just sitting there by themselves. And I say to him, hey, Rush, how are you? My name is Scott, blah, blah, blah. I'm in the radio business myself, so on and so forth, right? Just because I understood what a legend he was in the industry. I wasn't a listener. 
Um, back in the old days, by the way, in sports radio, there used to be a morning show, and then a lot of stations had Rush Limbaugh on sports stations, and then they went back into sports programming. So I did, like, updates, George. In the early part of my career, I was doing sports updates on the Rush Limbaugh show on a radio station. So anyway, so I walk up to Rush. I introduce myself. We have a very nice conversation. I take a picture with Rush Limbaugh. This is before Twitter, Instagram. This is only Facebook. I post this picture on Facebook. Hey, I met a legend in my industry. You know, pleasure to meet Rush Limbaugh. Dude, oh my God. This is, this is pre-America today divided the way we all are politically. This was 15 plus years ago. Oh my God, I got destroyed. Destroyed for having taken a picture with the guy. Yeah, I wouldn't have taken a picture with him personally, but... Yeah, I, I didn't really know him as a good guy, a bad guy. I, I, I didn't listen to his show. Politics wasn't a thing in my life. It's still not a thing in my life. I just knew that he was a a, a very famous radio guy. Yeah, but anyway, my point is I just don't listen to stuff that I don't care for. You know what I mean? Like, if I, I'm not a hate watcher. Like, if, if I don't... Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, if I... I also can, again, compartmentalize the art from the artist, right? Like, but I'm not going out of my way to seek out something that will not make me, not bring me enjoyment, right? Like, I, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not, I feel like that's almost somewhat, like, counterproductive. Well, it's a waste of time, which is why I rarely, rarely watch Clipper games. And it's not because I'm a hater. It's just I don't have that much interest. Um, with the Chargers, I love to see them fall apart. So I, I love to hate watch. Yeah. So, there you have it. The explanation. Uh, so, uh, Dave's D- Dave Days on the uh, Sedano and Cap Circle of Trust at 20, the number one, D-A-Z-E, says, as a kid who grew up listening to the music, yes, it does have everything to do with it. I guess he's talking about the conversation we were having earlier. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, if you want to believe that, that's fine, but there's plenty of studies that say otherwise. And there's also, um, I don't know, I, I listened to a lot of music that was violent in some way shape or form and i think that you you can take you can take an outlier situation and make it the norm but that's not the norm it's an outlier for a reason is what i would say i guess what all all i'm saying about music is is that if you're john moran if you're a 23 year old kid and you listen to a certain kind of music that has certain kinds of lyrics you may think that you know taunting people or or you know toting a gun on a video is hey this is cool i'm i'm young i'm 23 I, this is what i hear in music i never thought about it i never was like hey i listened to this song they talked about gun violence so hey check me out i've got a gun but you know listen he he got to not think about being hardcore he got to thinking about being professional that's it you need to be a pro dude Yes, I would agree with that, and I think that's why he is reassessing the situation at the moment. So, hopefully that's the case. Radio Tinder is next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I miss that show. I do too. When's it coming back out? I don't know, but I'd love for that show to come back. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought the uh, second season was supposed to be about, um, was it the the Shaq-Kobe era? Allegedly. Somebody get Jeff Perlman on the phone and find out what's going on. Well, I don't, did, did he? I don't think that the second one has anything to do with the first one, does it? No, but I think he's got yeah. uh, some sort yeah. of executive producer-y kind of role, some kind. I mean, I think. Okay. I'll text him and find out. Yes, please do that, Captain. I will. Everybody wants to know. Okay. Let us know. Keep us posted. All right, so Airbnb has confirmed that it will be banning people who are, quote, likely to travel with users who have already been banned. The rental company has been banning users from the platform on the sole basis that they were found to be associated with another problematic user. The company referred to the practice as a, quote, necessary safety precaution, but said that it's overly simplistic to suggest that the bans are solely due to an association with the banned user. So basically... 
if you you know if you're traveling or likely to travel with somebody who has like some type of criminal record airbnb is just straight up starting to ban people for that do you guys think that this new policy is fair swipe left or swipe right sedano uh, it, look, it's no different than what we were just talking about in some ways about the NBA having uh, certain rules as a private entity. If you work for them, if you are trying to rent someone's Airbnb, it's their private, um, you know, residence. They can, um, if, if that's where they draw the line and it's legal in their state, then they're going to be able to do that. That's just the reality of it. How do they find out? Um, I would imagine well, they run they, some sort of background check. Yeah, they do background checks on people who use Airbnb, like at least like um like a surface level one. And then if there's anything, any like flags, then because when you sign up for Airbnb, that's part of their terms of service mm -hmm. that you're like authorizing them to do a background check. Well, I would say this. Um, I will swipe right and say that Airbnb and the homeowner who's got their their place listed on Airbnb should have every right to do that. Um, I have a friend of mine that has a, an Airbnb house in Bend, Oregon. And, you know, they rented it out like anybody else with an Airbnb. And they really never had any problems. And then all of a sudden they rented it to somebody. They, um, the person uh, stayed there. Like, um, what do they call it when you, when you just won't leave? And, squatting. Uh, squatting. And then when they showed up, the place was torn to shreds and you know they had to have the sheriff come and kick these people out but there was no like they couldn't get their money back these people trashed their home cost them thousands and thousands of dollars to put it all back together and they were having like a drug den in their house and they didn't know that and so you know i mean just from experiencing friends go through this i think uh you got the right to know who's going to be in there and who you want to or don't want to let in your place that part I understand, but the fact that like you are supposed like let's say like I'm I'm gonna rent out a house and let's say like someone in my family like, let's say like my brother has a, a record you know like they're gonna ban me just because of my association with that person I don't think that that's fair because you are not always the, like you don't even know if they're even traveling with them it just says the people that are quote likely to travel with with uh you know unsafe or unsavory characters like that's yeah. kind of weird so no, how I would agree. they know though. Like, let's say you and I travel together, right? And, like, some of us has a record, but you're the one that booked the Airbnb, so how would they know if I have a record? Well, I know that um, one of the women that was interviewed in this story that I read, it was from Forbes, um, she she booked her Airbnb using her boyfriend's credit card. And I guess her boyfriend had, like, some 15-year-old charge on there. I don't know what, it, what exactly it was, but then they kicked her off of Airbnb because she booked it using his credit card. Hmm. Which, like, that's crazy. I mean, is it? I don't know. Yeah. By the I way, I did much. I did some research real quick. Winning time is not going to be the Kobe Shaq. What is it? It's just going to pick up from where it left off. Oh, really? Yeah. According to Deadline. Does, it, does the Deadline give us a starting date? Um, It does not here as far as I'm looking at. Um, It just says we'll pick up after the 79-80 season covered in season one to pick a similar amount of time. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't have a date. As far, uh, let me see. I feel like it's better. It's better if they start where they like pick it up where they left off because they kind of left you hanging, even though we know what happens. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Good. So, anyway, go ahead, Lens. All right. So, next one here. Uh, Kenya could soon give workers the right to disconnect, letting them ignore emails, texts, and phone calls out of hours and outlawing demands for unpaid work. Kenyans are concerned about employers disrupting their work-life balance and eroding leisure time. So senators have proposed the bill to implement workers' rights to disconnect. Now there's actually already other countries like France and Portugal who have similar laws where employers are faced with fines for contacting workers outside of hours and they're banned from monitoring employees that are working from home. Do you think that a bill like this will ever be passed in the U.S.? Swipe left or <laughs> swipe right, Cappy? Left. Never. Never. We as Americans, I believe, we are just all workaholics. And for those of you that have really good uh, work-life balance, oh my God, tell me how to do it. I'm a 24-7 kind of person. I'm available at all times. I got my phone. I got my email. I got all my social media apps. I mean, I am available to you 24 hours a day, 
seven days a week, even if I'm on vacation. It could be Christmas Day, and the Hebrew brother is available to you. So I don't think that will ever happen in America. Yeah, I um, I don't think it'll happen either, so I will swipe left. Um, I, I personally enjoy it, and I will do it at some point um, this summer, and I'll just not respond to any of you. So get ready. That's Be funny because huh? in, in this story, I mean, that's, I think we should all do that once in a while, but in this story they, they said that there's so many European countries that are starting to adopt this and that the U.S. is just like the most – they're like so everybody's so against it that it's like not even cross anybody's mind in the US. We just don't have that that in our DNA. You know, like Europeans, they shut things down and they all take holiday. And I was like, "Wow, that's an awesome thing. I wish we did that. We don't." Mm-mm. Well, I feel like the like the US is starting to come around on ideas like that. Like look at our company. We have like the, you know, the what do they call them? recharge days? We never had anything like that before. It's just really more days for Mason, really, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although Good I point. will say that uh, recently we had a, a national holiday. I think it was President's Day. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I requested the day off. And mm-hmm. uh, our boss, Amanda, said, well, um, you actually can take the day off if you want to. In other words, if it's a national holiday, even though we're expected to broadcast. Yeah, if it's, it's a bank holiday, it's it's a holiday. Yeah, they're like, yeah. you can take it if you want it. Yeah. Yeah, and if you don't, then you get to use it another time. Yeah, yes. Well, I used it in this particular instance. Yeah. Good job, Cappy. All right, last one here. So some New York nightclubs are starting to exclude Gen Z from certain events and nights, and it's to great success. The age-restricted nights started as an experiment, but the 30 and over nights have been a huge hit, and now people are asking for more. People were very appreciative and desperate for spaces like this because they claim that they still want to go out, but they don't want to feel old. Would you ever (laughs) attend a 30 and over nightclub? Swipe left or swipe right? Kepi. Yes, I swipe right. Um, I would. So um, there's this place that I like to go to, and um, and if from about 6 p.m. till about 8:30 p.m., it's a restaurant, you know. And then at about 8:30 p.m., they're trying to get everybody who's still sitting at a table like, "Yo, let's go! Come on, hustle up! We're done here because we got to move the tables because where you're sitting is about to become a dance floor." And then by 9 9:30, the place is overwhelmed with young, good-looking people, and I'm like, "Wait a second." We just became the old people at this place. So if you told me that I could go to a place and it was 30 and up, I might be inclined to try that. No, bro, I'm good. I, mean, I would do it. Yeah, I, I don't care. <laughs> like enough to want to go to something like that. Like, I, I I feel like if you're like restricting people to ages, then I feel like you're one step closer to being like, ah, you know, seniors only with seniors. Like, I don't know. I just don't love that. Like, I just commingle. It's fine. Well, it's they okay. already have like senior nights, so they can't have like middle aged. It just sounds ridiculous. <laughs> it just sounds ridiculous to me. Like just I, I would, I would go out of curiosity because like that's a good point. That's a good point. You know, like if you're seeing a bunch of single girls and you're like trying to pick up dudes, and then you got to compete with a bunch of people that are nineteen, you know, twenty years old. I get it. <laughs> I think it makes sense. We them out early. Yeah, I mean, if they're gonna like nineteen-year-olds, anyways, I mean, at least you know that you know right then and there. Right, but it's not like you can tell people who are nine or twenty-one or whatever that they can't walk in the door. If it's thirty, you know, like well, they have like they're like themed. They're not. It's not like that where they're like it's themed nights. Where like, why would you want to go there? Like, if you're twenty-one, why would you want to go to thirty and overnight? I get it, dude. But actually, yeah, yeah, that actually would be enticing to some plenty of people. Mm -hmm. Dude, when I was twenty-one, if you would have told me that there was a thirty and overnight, I would have been like all over that because I love the older girls. Right. So, or and vice versa, you know. So, yeah, I, I actually don't think that. I think it's stupid because I don't think you can actually enforce anything like that. To be honest with you, so. Okay. All right, that's Radio Tinder, presented by our friends at Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala, award-winning small-batch premium sippy tequila made from the finest mature agaves, available everywhere fine tequilas are sold. Visit their website, tequilamandala.com. Demand the extraordinary with Tequila Mandala. Cappy, I know you saw Chris Rock. I did, too. I feel like um, I didn't have the same reaction you did, though. Um, okay. Just based on your know. text. Okay, I'd be curious to know what your reaction is. Okay, I'll give you my thoughts on it next. To the candy shop. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. Went on a Jay-Z kick the other day, and I can't tell you how many times Jay-Z says, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So while you guys all bust my chops about it. Except you're not Jay-Z. No, but I'm learning it from (laughs) Jay-Z. Don't you realize that's the difference? 
No, I realize I'm not Jay-Z. I mean, yeah. I'd like to be. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm sure you'd love his bank account. Bank account, wife, yeah. wife, wrapping skills. I thought you didn't like the wife part of the equation anymore. Like, you didn't want a wife. No, no, but I mean, it's Beyonce. Oh, if it's Beyonce, then you'd right. be okay with the wife thing. I'm actually coming around to the whole wife thing again. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh, boy. If you think you can't see your friends now. Yeah. Get it, Cappy. Good. Yeah. What do you, think? you think it's a good idea or a bad idea? I mean, you literally started the show by telling us you so, you had like mandates uh, planned all weekend because you don't get to see these people with your current setup. Right. Well, I'll talk more about this, by the way, George, in Dealer's Choice at the end of today's broadcast. Okay. I want to kind of run through some things by you on this sure. issue, as a matter of fact. I'm happy to uh, oblige Thank in that you. scenario. Um, so real quick on Chris Rock, because I do want to get into a couple of other things, like sports-related, since we mm-hmm. just also... Um, didn't do there was a lot of other sports things I wanted to get to particularly the Clippers game mm-hmm. um and but the Chris Rock thing so I saw you you text us that you really enjoyed it right is that a did fair you, assessment yeah did you watch it on Saturday night I did after like okay. I didn't watch it live I mm-hmm. watched it afterwards yeah I, I will tell you that I made my night around it like I had two TVs set up one was Chris Rock and the audio was up and the other was UFC 285 and the audio was down these were still prelim fights but I thought Chris Rock crushed it. Now, it might be because I'm on Team Rock and I'm not on Team Smith. And I knew that it was coming. It had to have been coming. And it took a really long time. If he did an hour and ten minutes, it was the last ten minutes where he went off on Will Smith. But I felt like when Chris Rock dropped the mic, he'd left us at the climax of the entire stand-up set. So here's my thought on it. Now, I've watched pretty much every Chris Rock stand-up, okay? Mm-hmm. Whether it's Bring the Pain or Never Scared or Bigger and Blacker, et cetera, et cetera, okay? And when I watched those, and it's funny because I went back to watch a couple of them, or at least pieces of them, mm-hmm. after watching this because I'm like, is it that I've changed or is it that he's changed? And maybe it's somewhere in the middle. But when I watched Chris Rock, now I'll start with this because I don't think everything is black and white, right? Like I think there's nuance to this. I will start by saying that performing that live is an incredibly hard task. Okay, let's start with that part of the equation. All right, which part of it? You mean like being on stage in front of all those people, or well, being just streamed by the whole being world? streamed on the whole world, like having instant reaction, knowing that this isn't just a room of people. This is literally, you know, probably millions and millions and millions watching you at a given moment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps maybe the largest audience that's ever watched him in one sitting, right? Is that fair to say? I would I would guess so. I don't I haven't looked, um, but I would be curious to know what the well, numbers Well, they don't give out like. their numbers, but I, I just a, you know, my guess is just based on how many people how the conversation has been in the aftermath about it. My guess is a lot of people saw it. Yep. Either live or like I did shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. So, nonetheless, um I felt like there were some moments, like, even before he got to the Will Smith stuff, I'm just, like, kind of, I was waiting to, like, really, like, have a guttural laugh, right? Mm-hmm. Because when I've watched him, historically, there is plenty of those, or are plenty of those moments. It's just, like, I'm waiting. I'm like, oh, that was funny. and That's that's kind of funny. And he had a couple funny lines, and you're in there, and you know, he's talking about just kind of, again, the whole thing is called, what was it called? Self-outrage? Or what was it called? Selective Selective outrage. outrage sorry. Yeah, so, you know, some of that stuff was funny and some of the stuff was relatable, and I get it. But then he did get to the Will Smith stuff. And I just didn't think, after waiting for a year, that it was clever. Like, I just thought he was just saying the B word a million times. And it didn't really, like, it didn't feel like the guy I had seen in other stuff where he's taking you down a path, right? And it wasn't really that. It was just, this is what happened. No foreplay. Straight to the sex, basically, is what I would call it. He went straight to insulting them and just mother bleeping them and B-wording them and just like... And then the other thing that stood out to me, he, ma- he said a line in there where he said, everyone's called that man a B, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he said, they called his wife a predator because of the whole situation with the son's friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and who's he hit? Me. Right. A bleep he knows he can beat up. Right? Right. right. And that's where I, it, I, now maybe I'm thinking too much into this, but that's where it dawned on me. I'm like, oh, he's clearly not over this because he's talking about how everybody's 
calling him the B word. And yet I'm the only guy that he felt like he could step to. So what does that say about me? That's exactly what it says about him is that who's the B? I mean, that, that, that to me was what was so clever about it. And no, by the way, I don't think that's clever, though. I think that that's him still working through the process. Like, well, I don't think that, I mean, that's the way I interpreted it. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I didn't get the sense that he understood that irony. Well, I felt like he completely understood the irony, which is why he wrote it and performed it the way he did. I will say this. Listen, I liked the special very much. I loved what he had to say about Will Smith at the end. There were times during this stand-up performance where he got into things, and I went, oh, Chris, these are your fans. I'm one of your fans, and I'm kind of cringing at what you're talking about, but let's see if you can bring it home. And I thought that he did that a few times, but there were plenty of pieces of content in there that I know have turned a lot of people off. On the other hand, there were a lot of pieces in there that I really liked. Like One time he started talking about how he's raised two very spoiled daughters, and how his daughters got into trouble, and they're the only black girls in an all-white school a bunch of, around a bunch of rich white people, and how all these rich white people immediately lawyered up, and Chris Rock actually went to the principal and said, please kick my daughter out of the school. She needs to learn her lesson. Right. Like, to me, that was very relatable. Yeah, like that, that was one of those children. that I chuckled at. Right. Yeah, I, I yeah. thought it was great. I also thought that he talked about having an ex-wife, but now being rich and famous like he is and having the ability to go out and date and sleep around, I thought that was actually hilarious. Well, I think those two are super relatable to you. They are. Well, other than the rich and famous Again, part. Again, maximize Cappy. Well, I mean, listen, it, it resonated with me, but I really thought that at the end, when he went all in on Will Smith, and look, George, there have been plenty of people who've written um, criticisms about his performance and said he, he wasn't very good and blah, blah, blah. I disagreed. I thought what he did was, is he waited until the right time. And by the way, he's a business guy. I mean, he's, he's a very rich, successful actor and comedian. He didn't give this up for free. He waited until the right time. He made money with it. Oh, and he waited till a year from the Oscars, basically. Right. And, and look, I think the way he said it was, look, everybody criticized Will Smith because of what Jada Pinkett Smith did. That, by the way, was not a rumor. She talked about it. She actually interviewed Will Smith and said, how does it make you feel to know I did this with our son's friend? He said, everybody called Will Smith the B, but it was me who he smacked in the face. So really, everybody criticized him, but it was me that took the smack. And I thought it was actually really funny. He's like, why did he pick on me? Well, there's a guy who's a big guy who's in movies with his shirt off. He, Chris Rock said, You'll never see me in a movie with my shirt off. They could be doing open-heart surgery, and I'll be wearing a sweater. His point was, he picked at me because I was easy, and I was his B like he was her B. So I found it to be very clever. Right, it's but interesting I, how we I, see I don't, it completely I, I don't, differently. I don't think that's clever because I, don't, I think that that's because, again, a lot of it is the tone, right? And the way when he's talking about his tone changed when he went to them. Like, there's no... You, that, that, to me, was undeniable. Is that fair? I'm going to go back and watch it again tonight. I'm going to watch this You're last right, 10 though. minutes. You Now, you liked it more than I did, Laura. I loved it. I thought it was great. No, I'm saying Laura liked it. Not, maybe, I don't know about as much as you, but she liked it. Laura, what'd you think? You liked it? I did. I, I'm very much between both of you. Like, well, well you know what I mean? In, in the... Oh, thought okay. process. Yeah, gotcha. not literally. I, yeah, yeah. I liked, I liked it. There was times where you know Christian and I chuckled and we're like, "Oh, that was funny." Blah blah blah. When he talked about his mom, like I was telling Sedano, that was, I was like, "Whoa, that's crazy," and and there was times where I was like, "Ooh, okay, mm, let's pause there, let's think." But I do agree that when he changed in into talking about Will Smith and Jada, his whole demeanor changed like if you his tonality his everything like and i christian and i said it he's not over that he's not over that yeah he's not and but it's there's a lot of there right that i'm not gonna get into on air because we also don't have the time but i i did like it i don't think it's for everybody and i don't think everyone's gonna love it and everyone's gonna have their own thoughts about it but well, there was yeah. there were a couple of issues that he tried to tackle that i thought to myself you know man um, one thing that Dave Chappelle does that people really love is that he will take on anything and you kind of listen to Chappelle and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe you're talking about this in a comedy show. And then he finds a way to bring it home. I felt like Chris was trying to be shocking with a couple of, of topics that he tried to cover. All in all, I really thought it was great. 
And I thought the whole thing that he did about Will Smith, I thought it was hysterical. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a great comeback. And you may say that he's not over it, but I would ask everybody, would anybody be over it? I mean, on national television, you got smacked in the face and had no reaction. And, and his answer was, you know why I didn't hit him back or you know why I didn't start a fight? I had parents that taught me what to do and, and, you know, and how to handle things. And so, listen, yeah. you saw it one way, I saw it another. I thought yeah. it was great, but I'm not yeah. – listen, I think I might be in the minority here. Yeah. I mean, I've read a I, lot I mean, of nasty reviews about it. Yeah, I, I mean – Again, I'm not going to, I'm not, I don't think it was, look, I just didn't think it was as clever as some of his other stuff. And th- that line, the stuff about my parents taught me, he's also a, been on a stage where, with other comedians, where only one comedian was objecting to the N-word being tossed around. Um, so, I, I don't know, whatever, man. Like, I just, I, I just didn't, um, I, I didn't think it was that good. Like, by the way, did you watch the post show by chance? Did I did not. Have, I didn't okay. stick around for that. Real quick, real quick on the post show. You take... David Spade yeah, and Dana I, I, Carvey. Yeah, you can only watch you it live. You can only live watch and, it. Yeah, we couldn't and, go back. Okay, Dana Carvey and David Spade, and you've got Arsenio Hall, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and J.B. Smoove, and there was a female comic who I don't know. And these two guys, David Spade and uh, and Dana Carvey, you could not have picked two of the most wrong people to have host the post-show of this. They were so out of place and were so like scared to say anything. Uh, it was that was very weird. I'm surprised they don't have the post show uh, available. No, it was not. Mm-mm. Interesting. Maybe because it wasn't good, like you said. <laughs> That's probably why. Lindsay yeah, fell asleep during the thing. Yeah, you fell asleep during Chris Rock. Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, I started watching it, and it was just like I don't know. It, it wasn't for me. Like I'm one of those people that Laura said. I was just like, I just did not find it funny. He seemed very uncomfortable to me. Like he was trying way too hard, and so it just was kind of awkward. And after a while, I was just like, yeah, no. And I, I like turned it off and went to bed. Wow, tough crowd. Tough, yeah. tough crowd. It yeah. was more so like him and like his performance. I feel like him, he as a performer just didn't, it didn't seem right to me. Just mm. seemed off. Wow. I didn't feel And maybe way. it's the live component, you know? There was I a mean, lot to unpack there too. And, I and only yeah. to do it in an hour, yeah. right? It yeah. was he, a lot. Uh, yeah. He did screw up one joke though, and he actually he did. said it on stage. He's like, oh, I screwed that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's the live component, you know? Uh, all right. Coming up next. Big news, you mentioned Tuesday that the Grizzlies are coming to town, but it's also a ceremonial day for the Los Angeles Lakers as one Pau Gasol will get his jersey retired. Uh, I want to get into Pau for a second because I feel like we're not going to have a ton of time tomorrow because we have a short show. So I want to make sure we get some time to really discuss Pau and his impact next. 